All right, welcome back to this segment of the Ask Me Something section that we do over at the iFilmmaker podcast. And uh, just so you guys know, on this one, I actually posted the stories post on the iFilmmaker.tv Instagram account. So if you're not already following, make sure that you're following us uh, at iFilmmaker.tv over on Instagram, where I I posted the this uh, Ask Me Something segment so you guys can go ahead and submit your questions. So let's go ahead and just get started. First question. What is your favorite camera and lens setup? That's hard. It depends on the project. If I'm traveling, if I'm if it's not really for a job and I'm traveling, I just like to just pick up my GH5 and probably the 18 to 35 Sigma that is going to be paired with this uh, Metabone Speed Booster so that f1.8 really turns into an f1.3 um, and it, it's just gorgeous, gorgeous combo. And, you know, with the internal image stabilization with the GH5, it just makes for really, really nice, smooth and silky uh, uh, footage uh, that comes out of that. And it's just really, really nice to, to, to play with. How much is that steady rig? So I assume you're talking about my steady, uh, my, I'm sorry, my easy rig. Um, so that easy rig, I have the Vario 5. That's pretty, pretty pricey. Uh, comes in at about $5,000. It's very, very expensive. Uh, but there are definitely some third-party options there. There's also the Easy Rig uh, Mini or Mini Max or something like that, um, which is much uh, a much more budget-friendly compared to the $5,000 one uh, that I think is about $1,000. But there's some even cheaper ones than that that are third-party brands uh, that I'm pretty sure could also get the job done. Those are like three, dollars $400, 500 bucks. Uh, that you can pick those up, and uh, you can find those on eBay. The only place I've seen them, I think Supermod is is a brand. Supa S U P A M O D. Check that out. Maybe that is another form of easy rig that you can get. So, what is the best method of learning filmmaking? So, in 2018, I I gotta say, you know, film school is an option. is a very expensive a very expensive option. But I I don't think that I can recommend anybody to go to film school these days. Seeing all the content that's out there, these online courses that you can take, online classes, there's just so many out there. There's a wide variety of options. Uh, if you're, if you, uh, if you want, I, I'm gonna go ahead and put a list of different film online film schools or filmmaking options that you can uh, go on online uh, content and resources that you can go to learn filmmaking, uh, get more in depth uh, information on how to really get started in the industry. iFilmmaker is one of them. Um, I think off the top of my head, a uh, full-time filmmaker, uh, they're doing a great job over there just making content out there. You can check out those master classes that are being put out, and there there are just so many out there, uh, YouTube channels and things like that that you can really look into and just learn so much about the industry, about filmmaking, and all that uh, there is to learn about that. So check that out. I'll put some more content and resources on the ifilmmaker.tv uh, website. Uh, on under the ask me something segment for this episode premiere or final cut premiere where do you see miami in the cinema industry and how will it play in the next decade Whew, that's really hard because i'm not usually kind of looking at trends and seeing how the cinema industry i, I from what i understand miami has been an okay place for the cinema industry I really don't have anything to compare it to because i've never lived in l a i've never been lived in in atlanta um um, I, I know that there's, uh, some good, 
uh, filmmaking industries there, but I, I really have nothing to compare it to. So I really, I don't think I'm the best person to ask about that, but I would definitely look it up and, and check, see, check and see what, what's going on out there. I feel like I'm on one level in filmmaking and I don't know what to do to get to the next level. Any advice? So I never have these moments where I, I say to myself, okay, I'm ready for the next level. It's, they're more like kind of epiphanies, kind of like I, I, I'm at the next level, but I never realized when I stepped into that next level. It's kind of like that. It's not a decision that you make in one time. At least for me, it's never been like that. Um, it's really where you, when you start thinking about it, you kind of have to assess where you've been, where you are now. Uh, the kinds of work that you're doing and the kinds of inquiries that you're getting. And you kind of have to assess all those things all together. You know, um, you might already be at the level that you're kind of pursuing. And you don't even know it. So I don't know. It's one of those things that you kind of have to assess your situation at, at your current time and place and, and, and see where you stand. What is the next generation of cameras? So if you guys haven't been noticing, all these companies have been coming out with all these uh, A7S II or similar types of SLR cameras with full frame. And I see a lot of companies coming out with that Panasonic, Nikon, Fujifilm, um, you know, and obviously they're all trying to match up with the Sony, uh, with the Sony A7S II, which has been really like, a, a, I wouldn't even say industry leader in, in uh, small form factor cameras. Uh, because they're just doing such a terrific job and and people want more and more and more. And I love that these companies are competing and and, and giving us more and more and more. Um, you know, as good as those cameras are, I don't think that they'll ever take the place of a legitimate uh, video camera like uh, the, the higher end models uh, that are completely catered to a different kind of market. I think that you can get good work with either camera. It depends on the kinds of work that you're doing or the kinds of ways that, that you have to work. So I kind of sort of get both of uh, work for both cameras. So therefore, I do have my my set of video camera and a regular SLR camera. So Sigma 18 to 35 and Metabones in Sony a7 III will be vignetting. So I assume you're asking if there's if you you can expect vignetting with the Sigma 18 or 35 with the Metabones on the Sony A7S III. Absolutely, the Sigma 18 or 35. I assume it's the f 1.8 Art, which is the one that I have all the time that I use. Um, that is an APS-C uh, lens. It's not meant for full frame, so you will be getting vignetting. The only way you don't get vignetting is if you turn that A7 III. I assume it has this feature that you can go ahead and use it in Super 35. Uh, form so uh, we're basically you're cropping the sensor but yeah that that lens is not meant to cover a full frame sensor i believe the sigma art prime lenses are the ones that are usually full frame so i would look into those gh5s or a7 III to events after movie shots to events after movie after movie shots um i mean I don't know what that last part means, but I'm just going to go ahead and say for me personally, the GH5S, I know that the full frame, the only thing I would be missing is the full frame, the, a little more shallow depth, uh, but the GH5S, just phenomenal in terms of specs. How can I gain more clients? Um, go out there and hustle. Do a lot more work. 
show all that work that you do. Make sure that it's displayed wherever you have your account. Uh, make sure that you're in all the directories that I've named in previous episodes and all the directories that are available now. Make sure that you are searchable and people can find you no matter what. So make sure that um, you know all your information stays up to date and be very active, uh, I would even say, on social media. So... Uh, those are just a few things that you can do. Obviously, there's Google AdWords, there's pay-per-click, there's all that stuff that you can do as well. But I'm, I'm mostly referring to the free stuff that you can do now. So check that out. How come you left the red system to the FS5? Um, so as I said previously, I never really left the red system. When I was using the red constantly all the time, it wasn't really my red to own. That red belonged to an agency that I used to work for, and I know I basically decided to go on my own um, and do the whole freelance thing. And uh, so obviously the red had to stay, but I, I didn't have the money to buy my own red. So I just went and I knew that I needed a legitimate video camera. I couldn't continue to do all these uh, bigger projects with uh, and show up with a, a, you know, an SLR camera at the time, my a6300 was my main camera. So I had to go ahead and buy the Sony FS5. It was the only thing that I can buy that would give me what I needed. Um, for the budget that I had. So I've been using it ever since, um, but I am very uh, close to doing some sort of upgrade with that regard. So film school, good idea, bad idea. Um, man, and please take this with a grain of salt. Do not go out there and make this decision based solely on what I say here. But my own opinion on film school is that I don't think that it's worth going to film school anymore. I'm sorry. I just cannot see a world where you have to spend so much money in 2018 that you have to spend so much money uh, to go to a film school to literally just to network and um, and really not get too much back from that. My suggestion is to learn as much as you possibly can. If you love it, you will learn it. And so learn it online uh, go to YouTube. That's literally where I learned everything. Uh, go to YouTube. Pay for some courses if you have to. I know MZ has some master classes that features Philip Bloom. I know Full Time Filmmaker has some really, really good courses on their website. Um, check out other sources that I know that I'm missing right now, but check out other sources. Ask your friends. Ask your friends that have really that have uh, that have gone through film school. Ask them their opinion. Or if you don't have friends that went through film school, find some people that have gone through film school. Ask their opinion and see what they say. How to become an actor? Well, this is not my field of expertise on how to become an actor, but I do know that uh, there are agencies that you can go to or basically submit your stuff. Uh, you know, tr I would probably take the same approach that I did with my filmmaking career. And just do stuff for free. Do random projects. Do something uh, where you can showcase your talents. And you can pr improve on your talents. I know that a good practice is to basically film yourself acting. Maybe a monologue. Whatever it is. Watch it over. Get some feedback. And kind of redo it. Um, it's kind of the same thing I did when I started my career. I did my stuff for free. Um, I did it over and over and over again until I got it right. I got feedback, etc. So that's the only thing I can tell you. I'm no, I'm no expert in acting, really. Um, but I, I, I would probably take that approach if I was going into acting. So that's all I can say. What is your process for an interview audio setup? So it depends. If I have a good amount of time, what I like to do is I like to set up a C-stand and I like to have a boom pull on my subject 
a, a boom mic over my subject at all times. And in addition to that, I like to have a lavalier on my subject. Most of the time it's hidden. So most I'll use the, uh, um, if I'm able to clip it inside of their clothing somehow without it being noticeable, I'll do that. But if not, I'll just stick it right to their chest, like directly in the middle. I'll use the road, uh, the gels, the road Invisalov gels, whatever. I, I'm not sure what you call that, but I'll stick that with double-sided tape right onto their chest. And, you know, most of the time that's my preferred audio, but sometimes my boom audio is actually better. So that's why I like to have two options. Um, one of them is always a backup. The other one will always be a primary, depending on the space, depending on the acoustic of the space, whatever sounds better and whatever sounds cleaner is what I usually go for. Um, and not always necessarily cleaner because sometimes, sometimes you want the ambient sounds of wherever you're doing the in interview. It depends on what you're going for. So it's always good to have options. And uh, yeah, that's usually what I do. Should you always have an assistant with you when using an easy rig uh, mounting? And um, I, I, I've gotten pretty comfortable using my easy rig by myself, even with my, my camera fully rigged out. I've never had any issues with that. I don't know how other people do it. Really? I, I've seen other people use it, but I've never, I don't know if the people around them are any sort of assistant, but I've never had any issue having to use my easy rig, um, in the form that, in the sense that I like, I've required an assistant. I don't think I've ever, that thought even ever crossed my mind. I think you'll be fine. What are some books you could recommend for filmmakers looking to improve? Um, so to be quite honest with you, I've only read one book and I love that one book. It's called uh, documentary filmmaking. I believe it's, uh, in here somewhere. Can't really find it right now. It's called documentary. It's called documentary filmmaking. If you just go on Amazon, just type in do a book documentary filmmaking. I believe it's edition four. Um, it's a great book on storytelling, uh, and, and all that stuff. So basically it's not the, it's more story driven rather than technical aspects of how to shoot it. So, um, I really enjoyed that book. It taught me a lot. So I highly recommend that one. And it's not only catered to documentary, it also helps narratives as well. So check that out. Should I get a Sony a seven S three or invest in the Sony FS five? That's a, that's a good question. Those are two different cameras. And, uh, you know, I, I do believe that internally the Sony a seven S three is going to be better than the FS five, but at the same time, the FS five is a full on video camera, a legitimate video camera with XLR in inputs with, uh, built-in internal NDs with just so many more features and, you know, raw external recording, which really like my FS five internally, I hate using it, but externally, man, it really gives us a lot of flexibility. Uh, it really gives me a really, really solid image. It's definitely more versatile when it comes to using it, uh, and the different ways that you can use it. Um, and I, and that's been my experience. I've used the a seven S two, I've used the GH five and all that stuff. But, um, when it comes to legitimate shoots, big shoots, I know that you're going to be missing those features that you get, you know, and um, the internal recording of the FS5, I, although I'm so spoiled with the better recording of the GH5 by now, it's not bad. It's not bad. I could, I know I complain a lot about it, but it's really not bad. You could definitely get some really good work done with that. Best way to build a client base. Um, building a client base, I would say it just takes time. 
just working and working. I'm now six years into my career, um, five or six years into my career. And um, it's, you know, I, I see that I have returning clients from when I first started uh, and still today getting new clients all the time. So um, it just takes time to build a client base. You're going to get to a point where you're going to have a lot of returning clients and then a lot of new clients. Depends on how long you've been doing it. Building clients just does not happen overnight. It does take time. Could you please explain your gear used in this shot? I assume you're talking about the shot in which I posted the Ask Me Something uh, story. So that was taken in Colombia. I'm using the Easy Rig, the FS5, fully decked out with uh, the Atoma Shogun Inferno, uh, the tilt to follow focus um i have my 24 to 105 on there with the with the focus ring so that i can pull focus uh without having to touch the lens and i have the the wooden camera v-mount plate so that i can power both the camera and the monitor i prefer that method because i don't like to have batteries the sony np batteries i don't like to put those on my atomas because it makes the monitor much heavier uh, so I like to just power everything, my camera and the monitor through the V-mount batteries, which I have several of. So it usually works out. Um, and that, that's pretty much it. And then I have the, obviously that's a very heavy setup. So I use the the easy rig to help me uh, kind of carry the whole thing. I've gone the entire day um, holding that rig using my easy rig, which is great. Um, doesn't mean I don't get tired. It just means that it makes the load like, a lot easier to carry for longer periods of time without having to break my back. Can you give me some tips for filmmaking? Yes. Um, love what you do. Love it, love it, love it. Learn it, learn it, learn it. And execute. Do it all the time. If you don't have work, make work for yourself to do. Um, I still, I, I started my filmmaking career in my church and I still do things for my church all the time. Um, even to, to this day, I still do things for my church all the time. I love what I do. I really, really do. If I have no work to do or at least post-production work, cause oftentimes I get hired just to, just to shoot and deliver the footage. But if I have no post-production work to do, most likely I'm doing stuff for my church. So I'm constantly working and creating and just doing things. And all the time I'm constantly. I'm still learning to to do more and more and more. So continue to love what you do. Do it. Put it out there for people to see and people will find you. And before you know it, you have a business. You have a successful business. Before you know it, you have all the gear that you thought you would never have. Um, it, it's all there for you, you know, and so it's all going to happen in time. So uh, I just suggest that you guys just continue to love it, continue to do it. If you don't love it, you're not going to do it. And if you're not going to do it, you're not going to be successful in it. And that is basically where we stand. So that's all the questions that we have for today. Thank you guys for listening and um, and for submitting your questions. Remember, these questions are going to be from now on. Uh, these ask me something random stories posts are going to be posted on the iFilmmaker Instagram, the, the uh, Instagram account. So that's uh, at ifilmmaker.tv on Instagram. And don't forget to go over to the website, ifilmmaker.tv. Check that out. Check out our other podcasts. Check out other content, our blogs, etc. Look at all that stuff in there. You can follow me on my personal Instagram account at at arielmartinez.tv. Check that out. That is also my website as well, arielmartinez.tv. So until next time, thank you guys for submitting your questions and we'll see you on the next one.